I'm Mike Peters. I'm Dan Morfitt. And this, and this is, is Top, top Content. content. Oh. <laughs> once you stop, once you stop burping. But can we just talk about the? I mean, the best thing to come out of Australia since Married at First Sight, which that series, to be fair, I will was a was a joy to watch. But um, is is this? Have you heard? The, did you hear it? Have you heard the duck? No. What's this? Have you not heard this? Right. No. I'll have to play the entire thing. Right. Please in context. Okay. Okay, so this is about this is a story about a duck. I went off. I went all Will Smith then. Yeah, I, I was about I'm to say pl- very fresh yeah, print. So this is a this is a, a story fresh of about, about yeah about a duck called Ripper, who has apparently effectively become a parrot and is mimicking human speech. So he Isn't this how has, Planet of the Apes starts. Yeah, who has learned a phrase that his keeper. Says obviously says a lot, and it's a it's a classically Australian phrase. So can you work out what the phrase is? Quality. You f-ing alarm. No. Quality. Struth, you bastard. You're not my dad. Rack off. Rack off. No. Is that what it's saying? No. It's saying. Nathalie Brulia. Terence Donovan is God. No. <laughs> no. It says Delta Goodrum was No, it doesn't say that at all. It says, you bloody fool. You bloody fool. Play it again. Listen again. You bloody fool. Do you know what I would make out of that duck? You bloody fool. You know what I'd make out of that duck? A very nice tea. (laughs) Yes, but what would that tea be? Bloody. A bloody duck. Go on, duck a la orange. A meal? A succulent Chinese meal? A meal? (laughs) That is what I would make out of that bloody duck. (laughs) (laughs) You, Um, sir, your hands are on my penis. (laughs) What is the crime? <laughs> a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. Uh, you bloody fool! What is the charge? Eating a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't get away from that. Everything comes round to that. I am starting to think in the in the realms of spirituality and mindfulness and us all being one consciousness. He could be our Dalai Lama. Well, the duck or Paul Jazz, yeah. The, ah, uh, yes, be mustached Australian the fellow. Wonderful, yeah, whatever, whoever his name. He's, he's been, I think he's been wrongly identified on the internet as a man called Paul Charles Dozer, yeah, which is what no, you need to right. search for on YouTube. It's not him. No. He looks, he, do you know, he looks like a cross between Oliver Reed and Tom Oliver, who is the actor that played Luke, Luke Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, ex- he does exactly look like, what I was going to exactly say. Exactly that. Exactly. It's just an absolutely um, incredible melding of those two. He's got a um, wicked mop top, and he's got a he's got a, a bushier than Paul Calf mustache, with and with a with a voice and a, and a cadence to his voice that sounds like Kenny Connor and Hugh Paddock in that episode of Blackadder the Third where they teach Prince George to act. As they are the actors, the yes. actors. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He he just, is. 
He is Lou Carpenter doing Shakespeare in the park. Yeah. What is the charge? I love it. And then and then doing doing a funny voice, which is what Luke, you know Tom Oliver was famous for. And then I'm going <laughs> sort of Sid James style. Sid, but not. Ozzy, Ozzy Sid James. Ozzy Sid James. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you know that Abbott are making a comeback as as weird holograms in in cheap knockoff Tron suits. Yeah, and London. this is t- and yes, and this has transcended the the the, the, the uh, popular cultural debate here to such a degree that at church on Sunday, our parish priest, who also lives directly across the street from us. He and for for, for context, uh, his parents when they got married, his dad's best man was Les Dawson. Right? Wow! Yeah, um, he actually played the Abertune at the end of Mass on Sunday. <laughs> because what was actually, it? give me, give me, give me a man no. after midnight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You only yeah, should yeah, play yeah, that yeah. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no he played. Top he played, religious joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, that is. Put, I am doffing the cap to myself. That's a good one. That's a good one. That. Yeah. Um, and he, he he played um no this I still have faith in you because you actually listen to the lyrics of that song which I think is dreadful um that he, <laughs> it's awful the other one's better I'm not I've not I'm, I've never been a particularly big fan of Abba I've, I've, I've you, you like to you like to rearrange the letters in their name and just call them Baba Baba yeah because they're and, um, they're not shit. But but you know still have faith in you. The lyrics are very sort of spiritual, and you know there's strong religious connotations that you could take from them. So he played it. Which is fantastic. Yeah, I was like, right, okay, because uh, there was actually a festival going on next door to the church because there was the neighbourhood weekender in Warrington at the weekend. So we went on Saturday, and it was great to be back with. What I love about you, people. Mike, is that you always make Catholicism sound completely rock and roll. It is. It is it rock is and roll. Beautiful. Oh god. Did, yeah. did you hear about that Spanish bishop that ran off? He, he resigned his service. Yeah. Because uh, he wanted to shack up with his lover, who writes satanic tinged erotic fiction. <laughs> Again, I'm no, not making fair. any of this up because it was on the BBC fucking website. <laughs> and and you just think, yeah, great, great, and. Yeah. And of course, bringing Satanism back in the news because, you know, it's 2021 and anything can happen. Did you see that in Texas, the oh. work around the abhorrence, abortion yes. laws that they brought in is if you say you are a follower of the satanic temple, they cannot stop you from getting an abortion, which is fantastic. That is um, that is great. Uh, just to clarify, that is, some, that is some legal trolling they're doing there. Yeah, that's, br- that's brilliant. Just brilliant. to clarify, the the Satanic Temple are not Satanists. They don't believe in Satan. It is an anti-religion. It is a ninny band, aren't they? They toured with menswear in '96, didn't they? No, that's Lost Profits, and we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, Bleep that out. Bleep the name. The the Satanic Temple are a group of people who try and mock conventions in law. Yeah. by then covering themselves with a name that scares people. And they're actually quite... They're humanists to some extent. They're, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty... Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I, I quite respect that because that's quite... That's extremely, that's extremely funny. And all of this yeah. came from, from Lou Carpenter. What, yeah. happened to, what happened to Cheryl? You're the neighbour's expert here. Did Cheryl leave or did Cheryl die? Because I know that she had the anaphylactic shock in the middle of the street and she didn't have her Shh. EpiPen. And, or was that her daughter? I can't remember. But then didn't Cheryl come back? I Please, as the okay. neighbours experts, okay. please clarify for me. Well, she 
left temporarily as an actor and was repl- recast uh, by the actress that now plays Sheila Canning, um, who's the classic sort of Aussie soap kind of matriarch slash. It's not a battle axe, and it'll be a bit harsh, but yeah, that kind of yeah. happens. That kind of character, big hair. A bit, yeah, but she was replaced by her for a few weeks, and then the the original actress came back, and she was eventually she, she was they got rid of Lou, and then he they asked him to come back, sort of Patrick Duffy style, I suppose, in a way, because yeah. they realised that they made a mistake. He came back, and then she the the character was killed off when she was hit by a car chasing her toddler daughter out into the street, and she was knocked over by uh, while Carl Kennedy happened to be standing there and try, attempted in vain to save her life. I think he saved her the first time from the anaphylaxis. That's what I'm getting confused with. I think but, I think that's. Carl Kennedy was probably having some young female um, probably. backside just hanging out the side of a bush, and he was probably just giving it the once over. Yeah. Such is Carl Kennedy's once, because Carl Kennedy is a sex machine. Yeah. 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 That's an, there you go. That's one we can send to at News or Fall song. Carl Kennedy is a sex machine. Sex machine. Yeah. Carl yeah. Kennedy is a sex machine. Ah. Yeah. Or as a song by The Wedding Present, one or the other. <laughs> the wedding present played at the Halifax Peace Hall the other night. I can't remember with who, but the lineup looked extraordinarily good. I think Manic Street Preachers are playing there actually. On uh, oh no, it might have been Manic's actually. Yeah, with wedding present. No, oh no, the Man- no, they- I don't think they played it. I think it's uh, as we record this. I think it's tomorrow. Oh. I think maybe I'm, yeah. But there we go. But yeah, that's that's the, the, the potted history there of uh, Luke Carpenter before they wrote him out because he kept going away and they, then they eventually produced him to a guest role where he'd reappear for three months or less than that, then he'd go off and they found it increasingly difficult to to, to concoct storylines. And this is in soap operas. To concoct storylines whereby they could that would make sense for him to be written out for really? a while. So he could have his rest and then he could come back. So eventually the, the, the storyline they concocted to write off was that he remarried his ex-wife. They got the, the record. But that's quite believable 30- with the character of Lou Carpenter. Yeah. But there was there was that weird part in in Neighbours for one time where the the waterhole or was it yeah the waterhole was yeah. it the waterhole or the watering hole I can't remember the waterhole the waterhole the waterhole it suddenly appeared as everybody would go to the waterhole but you'd never see it and then it suddenly appeared as this new set yeah and then they wouldn't stop using it as in like yeah. every third scene they, Russell Crowe was in it everybody was in it they'd sacked off Daphne's and they'd gone to the watering hole and everybody would have a schooner in the watering hole in the waterhole, and then it suddenly disappeared as a set. And then it was almost never spoken about again. And then I think about, I think everybody moved to the college, to the Erinsborough uh, student radio station, where <laughs> Toadfish was. And the waterhole was completely forgotten about, just like that. It's like well, Lass- it's like Lassiter's is, is not a place, it's a concept that just keeps no. expanding and contracting, depending on the whim of the universe. Well, in fact, what what happens with this? I've noticed I've noticed this over many years is that the, the waterhole, or then it became Chez and then Lou's place, mm. and then it burnt down, and then it was all rebuilt, and it was called then the Scarlet Bar, and it's now called the Waterhole again. That's a that's a uh, bit of a long name, the Waterhole again. The Waterhole again is that what they do is they have a particular storyline that will run for a few months, and it will have this set, then the set will be used ex- like you said extensively. And then suddenly, the set will disappear, never to be used again. And then suddenly, another set will appear the following week. So obviously, they've got the set sets for the for mm. the houses and stuff. The waterhole is 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 a standard one now, uh, and the rest of it so as the on the internal stages and the rest. Of it. And then obviously, they must deconstruct and then rebuild. But so it's it's now the amount of people that end up in hospital in that show now is ridiculous, and it's purely 
as a, as a dramatic device to use that set that they built for the hospital. Well, I think I think the hospital they bought from Shortland Street and they brought it over <laughs> from Auckland, and they went, "We can reuse that." <laughs> would, would you like to buy a hospital? We don't have any COVID cases here. I know we've got one. We're going to lock the fucking country down. Br- British soap operas are guilty. My Jacinda Arden impression is getting great there, isn't it? It's really sharp there. Jacinda I Arden. Uh, Arden. We're we're, clo- <laughs> we're closing down New Zealand. We're, cl- we're closing the country. Yeah. What we're do you mean? Down. We're closing the beer out. Yeah. By the barest of margins. That's that's a, that's a World Cup final joke for anybody. You, you, joke. That's a no nation. You know what Jacinda hasn't done though? She hasn't decided to tax most of the poorest workers in her country a um, a representative ten percent on on their on their meagre earnings in a pandemic because it's terrific, um, isn't it? And, terrific. Uh, and completely utterly break a a manifesto promise. Rather than well, tax the people who have actually earned more money in a pandemic because of government contracts and bungs. Isn't, mm. isn't that amazing? So, I mean, when when you started talking about the Satanic Temple, I thought, and I thought, oh, hang on, where's he going to go? And I thought, there's a number of co- sort of well, satanic no, well, we pro- could dive the down. The problem here. is the the Satanic Temple range at John Lewis was just really, really shoddy quality. <laughs> so they actually went proper good Italian Satanic Temple redressing of uh, Eleven Downing Street. I mean, I mean, I think the th- <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, is that obviously. I think really all of this money could have been found in the government budget just by the amount that's obviously saved each year on Boris Johnson uh, not cutting his hair, not styling his hair. I think there's a, a, a huge amount of money that's been saved bureaucracy, you know, streamlining that's been we done could, We could have saved the, the same amount of money by not allowing Michael Gove to put on expenses his petrol bill to go to all-night raves up and down the country. Well, um, again, a, a, another legitimate expense I've read today that he is officially, he's genuinely on Bumble. Mm. I don't mean David Lloyd, the cricket commentator. I mean the, the dating app. Oh, could you imagine um, Michael Gove on Bumble? Now, that is a, I'm thinking, a what is he, horrible, what would he put himself down? image. It, it puts a picture on there of him, you know, a, a, a still of him dancing, shaking his thing in, a, in an Aberdeen nightclub. I mean, can you imagine the amount of Westminster women that would be chasing him? But I, I think it's, it's an easy thing to say, so I'm going to say it is that you just wonder whether all of that money that would need to be sp- spent on health and social care and stuff like that could have been saved by not spending £22 billion on a track and trace system that works about as well as and is about as technologically advanced as track and field is now. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I hate to, you know, but then... And somebody said to me yesterday, they said, but what happened to this £350 million a week that we were going to save? Where's that gone? Ah. Oh, no, no. As uh, Savage Avid said, it it exists and it's been ploughed into the NHS every week, but it's still not enough. I don't understand why this this, Mm. uh, tax increase Mm. has had to come on national insurance because surely we don't need social care for old people now because Boris almost killed them all. Hopefully killed them all, yeah. yeah. So I don't... You know that may, phrase. Maybe it is going to be spent on his haircuts, and he's finally going to get you know what social social care because social he doesn't care. want to look like the guy out of Dumb and yeah. Dumber anymore. Um, <laughs> it's that phrase of you know when you see like a Subaru or a Mitsubishi Evo burning down the street, it's like yeah, drive it like you stole it. That's that's the Conservative Party policy of governance now. Govern it like you stole it. 
and uh, f the consequences. Is there money? Yes, let's spend it. Is there any money? No, sod it, let's spend it. Uh, where shall we spend it? Oh, with our donors and our best friends and family relations and Bob Wilson's uncle, let's f her. And it's, I don't, yeah. Bob Wilson's I, uncle I, is a woman. No, Bob Wilson's niece, sorry. Niece, um, sorry, right, okay. I was just going to say that's uh, Bob's um, your uncle. Yeah, I think you're yeah. confusing it with that, yeah. But it's, I, it's you know, just, I it's, and now Dominic Goings, sorry, Cummings, uh, this week has said, uh, after the whole tax rise thing, the Tories are ruining the country, they're stealing the youth and opportunity from the youth. It's like, have you no Absolutely recollection no of what you've done? Have you no self-awareness of who you are and what you are? He's... He'll probably well, no, uh, because that's 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 an absolute. Uh, first thing when you apply for a job, yeah. yeah. But when you apply for a job in the cabinet, that's the first question that they ask. And then if the answer to those questions is no, you're in. But you, I, you can be, you I can think... be foreign secretary, education secretary. Uh, you can be you can be anything. The one that's probably not related to Kevin Waitley, uh, but I just know his name's Waitley. Who appeared on all the, <laughs> or did all the interviews. This morning, and was skewered, I think, fantastically by Nick Ferrari on LBC. Who asked her, "So is Gavin Williamson racist or incompetent?" And she couldn't answer the question. <laughs> the obvious thing is, well, he's neither. That's the obvious answer. But well, I don't know. I don't know. It's a brilliant question. This is not an either or. There is a get out of that if you had any a modicum of intelligence or media savvy, you'd get out of that hole. But no. But you know. But when you. But I sat down with Marcus Rashford. We shared an oat cake, and it was very robust. Well, you and said then, about stealing things. And I mean, then I his shook his from? hand, and I realised his hands were white, but his skin was black. <laughs> I say that is the beauty of British diversity, and I am sorry to all the kids whose breakfast I stole. F*** you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you can't you can't write. You know, there's been a, a lot of a lot of things mentioned about the fact that satire and comedy. You can't write better than reality that we've had over the last five, six, seven years, whatever. And you just think you can't. That 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 is such a deliciously brilliant vignette uh, in, in, into the entire lack of intelligence of 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 the government. Because I sat there and I watched Dominic Raab's Entire, Be careful now. <laughs> entire performance, if you can call it such a thing, in front of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, which is effectively like a job interview. And all I think I could liken it to, you know, that scene in the Social Network where Mark, where, where Jesse Eisenberg, who I love in that film, goes in front of the Harvard board, and the and he says, "You should be thanking me." Dominic Dominic Rob attempted to go in with that that sort of bravado and that kind of well you should be thanking me without even a, a scintilla of the intelligence of Mark Zuckerberg has whatever you think of his morals and to think of Facebook and whatever and I know it's a stylized version of it but still you're thinking that was it was just that and it's just like well you know but and all the questions that were asked were just that we were in Jeremy Paxman Michael Howard territory it was yeah. tremendous. But when did you when did you go on holiday? I've made a fulsome statement. I've made a. That's the point. Was that that's it's a sin of omission, isn't it? Really, let's we've, be honest. But we, it's, we've, it's just amazing. We've said this on top content a lot, but 
instead of looking at the thick of it as a comedy show and as a warning and as a satirical comment on what they saw, it's actually become the textbook for, for the Tories. And they've gone, right, what did they do in this episode? Brilliant. Can, yeah. can we get Jeremy Lyon to come in and do that? Could, could we actually hire him? Could, could we? No, no, he's playing Doctor Who at the moment. Oh, f- that, the, but, yeah, but the whole thing is flipped on its head because Peter Capaldi, of course, plays the searing portrayal of, of Malcolm Tucker in the thick of it. A, def- a defining sort of distillation of government spin doctors and all the rest of it, he, you know, with, with some comedy lobbed on the top for brilliant comedy and satire lobbed on top for good measure. He is now releasing an album. Yeah, but he, he Meanwhile, was a rock star. No, but he was in a band with Craig Ferguson before he was an actor. Was he? In the okay. l- late 80s? Okay. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's... You know when he plays the guitar in Doctor Who? That's him playing the guitar. Well, Peter Capaldi has always done that. And inspired, obviously, his young potato-headed nephew, Lewis, uh, to take up such things. But no, but you think... It, hang on, this is... The guy that, no, to a lot... A certain generation of people, not only as Doctor Who, but as, as Malcolm Tucker. And he's now released now. I didn't know he was a musician before. I'm thinking, but I'm thinking, that's wonderful. Whereas the government have, have, have the whole roles have been utterly reversed and flipped on their on their head. But the, the most the most depressing thing about this is that when these scandals now break on a almost hourly basis, you know that none of them are going to resign. You just think, what's the point? We can we'll scream at the television. We will scream into the radio for the next three or four days. Got to resign. He's got to resign. He's got to go. It's untenable. But you know, sorry, that it's been proven beyond all doubt they're going absolutely nowhere. And the electorate have a, a, a significant responsibility for that because we, and I said the electorate, even though obviously I didn't vote for them, but you know, voted them in in 2019. Well, no, it's like, I, no, it's only for five years. The, 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 ma- the maxim that I have lived by for well over half my life now is you get the politicians you deserve. It, yeah. You get the politicians you deserve. If you want hardworking politicians who are there to do a civic duty rather than line their own pockets, you'll get them. But we don't deserve that. And there's... Nobody ever learns from mistakes. Nobody ever learns from history. Nobody ever learns from political storms, pandemics, wars. Nobody learns. So do you give up? Well, I don't say do we give up because we've already given up. Mm. They've gotten away with it. Prince Andrew has gotten away with whatever he's gotten away with. The Queen has gotten away with whatever she's gotten away with. Margaret Thatcher is living in Argentina with Hitler and she's drinking pina coladas because they've gotten away with it. And they'll always get away with it because, particularly British traitors, we don't quibble, we don't argue, we don't revolt because we're just happy with our own little lots. And if it goes beyond that, if it means helping somebody else out, if it means making life better for not just strangers, but maybe the next generation, maybe your children, maybe your brothers and sisters' children. If it means sacrificing th- something now for their future, you're not going to f***ing do it. You don't care. And that's the problem in the UK at the moment. We've got it in the US, but sadly all the people revolting are either I'm not taking 
their vaccines, taking some horse pills that are making them sterile, or just shooting people. So some would see that as a bad thing, but at least they're f***ing doing something here in America. But in the UK, it's just like, yeah, let's just have a keep calm and carry on tin poster in well, our kitchen and watch Bake Off. Fuck it. More tax, I will pay it. Well, I, I would say two things to that. I presume now the maximum for the rest of your life is now, to, uh, for the next sort of section of your life, is to uh, drink water that's alcoholic. Is the only way to get through it. Fizzy alcoholic uh, water. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a good maximum for the next next. You know, you've done that one for twenty years. Do this one for the next twenty years. I think you'll be fine. Not an it's advert. It's gluten free. It's vegan. It's it's you know it's it's hundred calories. It's um, fizz, boozy sparkling water. Perfect. Do you know what, Do you know what it has on it as well? It's got a little recycling logo on it that says there "Pack it in, pack it out." Let Look me begin. That. Yes. Yeah. And and I think the other thing is I can't we can't sit here as responsible broadcasters and podcasters and say you know that you should take drugs that are meant for horses but you know as a, as a as a vaccine. How big are the needles? Anything. Well, but <laughs> I think, I think that, what I think we could say is that you, the only the, the only sort of vaccine that we could use given that it's just turned 40 years old is to have an only falls and horses vaccine and just you know at least if we're going to go down we might as well go down with a laugh. I'm just trying to remember Del Boy's line in that. What was it? Keep it cool, Trig. Keep it cool or something. Play it nice and cool, Trig. Play it nice and cool. Know what I mean? I mean, you say you stick a pony in your pocket, but actually we haven't, none of us have got any money, so... What's the... You, it's pony, easy, it'd be it's easy for you 20. to actually put a, put a pony... No, a pony's 100, isn't it? What's a what's a monkey? Is that a grand? Half a giraffe. What's yeah. that? Again, that's partridge. So That's I'm, that's I'm a scene sorry. that no one should ever see in a, in a, in a, in a safari park. Yeah. That's, that's like a weird... Um, zoophilic saw horror movie where people get off on seeing London Zoo get obliterated. Starring Gerard Butler. <laughs> London's No, Whipsnade has fallen. That would be Who gonna get the moat? <laughs> Twy cross down. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> <Nulsley> on fire. <laughs> this 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 is this is just right in itself now. Apo- apocalyptic zoo action movies that that Gerard Butler should make. <laughs> Streaming on BritBox. <laughs> from no. the makers of from the makers of Line of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh wow! <laughs> Succulent Chinese meal. Succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> <clears throat> <sighs> Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Top Content. You can find more at podfollow.com slash topcontentpod. 
Oh, you can find us on social media and all that as well. You know, at Top Content Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And make sure that you rate and you review and you subscribe and you go and listen to all of the back catalogue, please. Thank you so much. As ever, this has been a Top Content Production. Dot com. Dot com.